so much for what you're doing. Lord, we come with a thankful heart. And Father, we come just asking, what, what would you have for us today? We can have an agenda. We can have a plan. We can have what it is that we think we're supposed to do. But Lord, all of that means nothing. We want to ask you. We want to petition the throne of God saying, Lord, what would you have for us today? That just as this song says, let it rain. Father, pour out your spirit. God, you are in this room. Your presence, Father. I pray that we are drowned in it. That we're not just in to our knees. We're not just into our waist. But Father, we are so far submerged in your presence that we don't know which way is up and we don't need to know. <laughs> we just want to be close. So Father, we make this our prayer that you would let it rain in this place right now that the Spirit of God would flow through here. Lord, that we would say yes to your promises because there is yes in your promises, Father. Father, have your way with us this morning. Just have your way. All that is us, all that is the flesh that is, that is in us, Father, I pray that it falls away, that we don't consult it today. We don't ask permission of our past to be successful right now. We don't ask permission of the things that we've been through in order to understand and experience who you are right now in the moment. Lord, we say no to that. We say yes to your spirit right now. We say yes. Come on, say yes with me today, people. Sometimes what's in you has got to come out of you. Father, we, we just say yes to you. No maybes. And definitely no no's. But Father, we want the blessing. But we want more so the one who's giving the blessing. Father, be with us this morning. I pray for a fresh anointing on this service. Our service is done with. Lord, we don't know what's going to happen in the next 20 minutes. <laughs> but I just pray for a fresh anointing. Father, we love you. We need you. Let this word hit us. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. You guys can be seated this morning. Thank you so much for being here. You guys have decided to come hang out with us. You could have gone anywhere else, but you came here this morning. So for that, I'm, I'm very, very grateful. And what I love is that there's like a ton of new faces in here. It's good stuff. That's what I like. That's what it's about. If you've been here for a thousand years um, or ten seconds, we're going through the book of Romans and we're going to continue in that this morning. Specifically chapter 4. What you have in your bulletin is verses 9 through 15. Um, we'll probably only get through verses 9 through 12. And I'm actually going to read 1 through 12. Um, but I think we only have 9 through 15 up on the, the screen for you. But my kind of mode of operation in preparing messages is stuff will come during the week. Sometimes it'll come early, sometimes it'll come late. But Saturday night's kind of like, let me just read over what I feel like the Lord is putting on my heart to say. Um, he took that 
and said, let's just throw that away and let me give you what I want you to speak about tomorrow. And this is all at like 10.30 at night. <laughs> so I'm just letting you guys know that uh, the Lord has dropped something in me that I believe he's speaking from his scripture. Not that, you know, what I studied before, I, I missed it. That's not it. He's got something for us this morning. He's got something for this group of people who are here today. Um, and I just want to be obedient in, in bringing that uh, the correct way. Um, so, I'm going to give a little bit of an introduction this morning, then jump into reading the Word, because you guys don't need to be hearing me speak as much as I need to be reading. Uh, so, if, if, if you do have a Bible in front of you, pull that sucker out. Um, but I want to make a couple statements before we jump into this. And I just want to be very honest, and, and, and hopefully everyone pays attention and grasps this when I say this. There is nothing you can do to fix your circumstance. Hear me when I say that. There's nothing you can do. There's no amount of putting your hands on the situation that you're in right now that you're trying to doctor to a certain place to where it looks good, to where it might feel good, to where it might be what you want it to be. There's no amount of, of effort you can put towards it to where it will look anything like how Christ wants it to look. So hear me when I say that. There is nothing you can do to fix yourself. So what I want to say to you this morning is stop. Cease striving in trying to fix your circumstance because you can't do it. You can try and we'll fall flat on our face expending all this energy trying to get to a certain place that we think is the it. Just let it go. The Lord is asking, are you in a place this morning where you're ready to let it go? Because he's asking you to let it go. Because what he wants to give you, this was spoken to me a while ago, and I'm going to say it to, I believe, it's, uh, I believe it's for this moment, the more that you're asking for is less than what he wants to give you. The more you're asking for is less than what he wants to give you take your hands off of the situation. Second thing I want to say to you this morning is in conjunction with looking at Romans 4 and how Paul is speaking to the church at Rome through this letter specifically in this set of scripture about justification by faith that there's no amount of works that can bring you into a right standing with the Lord. There's no amount of coming to church. And for whatever reason, I always miss the plaid memo. Like everybody in here has got plaid on except me. It's great. <laughs> no amount of plaid that can get you right with Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be on the podcast. Awesome. There's no amount of, uh, how do I even say, just church things can get you right. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. That's it. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is it. What we're seeing is Paul speaking to the Jews about justification by works where they feel as though the law is what justifies them. And he's saying, look, we're off on that. We're just, that's not it. Justification by faith. This type of faith that we're talking about here, he uses the example of Abraham. Goes all the way back to Abraham in Genesis 15 where the Lord brings Abraham outside of his, his house or his establishment and says, look up at the stars. 
Abraham at that moment was like, God, who's going to take over my house? What do I have to show? What kind of legacy do I have? I have no children. And I'm past childbearing years. He says, okay, I'm going to take you outside. Look up. Can you count the stars? Try to. Guarantee you can't. And obviously I'm paraphrasing right now. But he says to, to Abraham, I will make your descendants as the number of stars in the sky. They will outnumber the stars. And guess what happened? That promise came true. You know that every single promise in the word, the Lord is 100 for 100 on them. 100%. There's no promise in the word he has not made come to fruition yet. I mean, we have prophecies that still need to be fulfilled. But his promises are yes. Are you with me this morning? Man, that is something that gives me a lot of confidence. I say all that to get to this statement. The gospel does not need your help. It needs your obedience. It doesn't need us to doctor it up when we, when we give it to somebody in fear of that person rejecting it because it, it wasn't spoken the right way. The gospel doesn't need your help. It needs your obedience. The Jewish nation was trying to doctor the law. Help it out. Let it be what they wanted it to be. And Paul comes in and says, look, it doesn't need your help. It just needs you to be obedient to it. And if you read, the law points back to what? The cross. It doesn't point back to rules and regulations. It doesn't point back to here's the five things that you have to do in order to walk into the church house and be, be accepted. That's not it. It points back to the gospel of Jesus. Now, what I had prepared was different than from what I'm preaching right now. Because as I sat last night and read through this again, you know what I see? You know what's being highlighted here through this story of, of Abraham? It's the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. The gospel is in every word from Genesis to Revelation. Every piece of punctuation, every story, every individual. If you look hard enough, if you let the word speak to you, let the Holy Spirit open it up, it's all there. So what I'm saying to us this morning is if we make it anything about anything other than the cross, the blood of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we've missed it. I don't care if I've said that a hundred billion times from the pulpit. <laughs> I'll keep saying it. Are you with me this morning? You cannot fix yourself. Only the gospel can do that. But the gospel doesn't need your help. It just needs you to be obedient to it. Are we all on the same page? Now let me read. Uh, let's start in chapter, uh, verse 1. Chapter 4. I'm going to read to verse 8. Catch us up a little bit. And then read 9 through 12. This is what this says. It says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as favor, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him, big H, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. 
Just as David also speaks of, hang on to this one, the blessing on the man to whom God credited, credits righteousness apart from works. Verse 7, blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose uh, sin the Lord will not take into account. What Paul does is he goes right to the top in those verses. He pulls out Abraham and highlights Abraham's faith in a moment where Abraham in his situation was diametrically opposed to the promise that was made. Sometimes the Lord can make a promise to you and I and it looks like, oh, there's no way. Like there's no way that's going to happen. That's what it was for Abraham. Well beyond childbearing years. His wife, the same thing. How on earth is it going to happen that my descendants will outnumber the stars? We'll see what it says. It's quoting Old Testament scripture, Genesis 15, 6. That all Abraham did was he believed. That's it. There was no conversation with the Lord about here's why this won't happen. Here's why it can't happen. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a picture of the type of faith that we are to have. That when he speaks and he says something, you just believe. And what happens after that? It was credited to him as righteousness. There was a deposit made to Abraham's account credited as righteousness. Simply because he believed. You mean to tell me it's that easy? It's that simple of a transaction? Like, I don't have to do much more? <laughs> yes. what the Word of God says. And then it speaks about this blessing on a man. And the result of that blessing is uh, the, the words that came from David's mouth. Let me just read those right quick. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sin has been covered. I think I want that. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. That's the result of that belief. So you guys with me up until this point? The reason why Paul brings up Abraham, he is the most esteemed individual in the Jewish culture, the Jewish faith. So he's not saying, let me, let me talk about this guy who you met a week ago or the person sitting next to you or your, your friend, your acquaintance or even your boss or even the people who are in the synagogue reading the word. No, let me go straight to the top. Let me talk about Abraham. And let me show you that Abraham is still subject to the same principles that you and I are. However, you hold him on such a high pedestal. You put him way up there as if he's an untouchable. He's not an untouchable. The man put on his tunic or robe for us, pants, just like everyone else did, every single day. He's got the same inner workings, just like everyone else. Does that make sense? So he pulls Abraham out and says, let's look at this man's faith. And then he goes in verse 9, 10, 11, and 12 on a series of questions pertaining to the law. Let me just read this. Is this blessing, the blessing that we read of in verse 6, is this blessing then on the circumcised or on the uncircumcised also? For we say faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it credited? 
while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? And then he answers his question, not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while uncircumcised, so that he might be the father of all who believe without being circumcised, that righteousness might be credited to them, and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but who also follow in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had while uncircumcised. Now, you got to kind of read through this five or six times to catch what's being communicated. But before we go any further, let's be very, very clear and have a good understanding of the emphasis placed on being circumcised or uncircumcised in the Jewish culture in that day. You can't really understand this scripture unless you understand that. And what it was, the best way I can explain it, well, let me, let me, let me I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. That this was considered a duty among the Jewish people. Something that it wasn't even a question that you were going to do if you had Jewish blood in your veins. But it was this symbol of being set apart, of being chosen. And at the same time, they viewed it as a gateway to living a life under the law of Moses. Okay? So they used, they being the Jews, used this, this ritual or this act as something that gave them a sense of being, uh, a sense of privilege or a sense of superiority. Because if you weren't circumcised, then you couldn't understand the word of God. If you didn't have this done, then for whatever reason, you didn't have a bridge to communicate with, with the Father. So we got the Jews and we got the Gentiles, the believers, the non-believers, right? What the Jews would do is kind of back the Gentiles into a corner with this whole circumcision thing. And say, we are better than you because of this. And we are able to access the oracles of the Lord because of this. So they took something out of the law and they made it the it. How many times has the church taken something that is a church function and made it the it? Let me tell you, Beck made a great point during announcements or, or his prayer or something that we don't believe that the guy up front is the one who should be telling you how to live your life. Everything doesn't fall on the pastor. The Lord never set it up that way. But what the church has done is we've raised the pastor up to this place where he's responsible for evangelism. He's responsible for pro the prophetic utterances. He's responsible for teaching. He's responsible for any kind of leadership in an apostolic way. And, mind you, taking care of the people, being a shepherd. It was never set up that way. Sometimes we can pull one thing out and make it the it. Well, that's what happened. Circumcision was pulled out and it was made as the gateway to access God. And it was never supposed to be set up that way. So what Paul is doing is he's taking the Jewish way of thinking and he's going to turn it up on its head. Using the very thing that they're trying to justify themselves with to show that the gospel is even in that. Are you with me this morning? Mm -hmm. You know what's interesting? That the very situation that you and I are trying to fix in our life will fix us. It'll do it. Because it'll get to a point where it's too much. And it'll fix you right up because you get to a place where you cannot do it on your own and you submit to the Father and you just throw your hands up and say, I'm sick and tired of managing this. That is the this fixing you. 
So this circumcision business is about to fix the Jews. It's about to fix. He's going to use it to fix the mentality of the Jews of Paul's day. You guys trucking with me on that? All right. So hopefully that, that brings light to why Paul is talking about this circumcision. Now let me go back and let me pick this apart and show you how the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't need your help. It just needs, let me say this, the gospel doesn't need my help. It just needs my obedience. I don't want to be up here saying you, you, you as if I'm excluded from that, you know. <laughs> it doesn't need our help. It needs our obedience. But the gospel, ladies and gentlemen, is for every man. There is no such thing as a language barrier when it comes to the gospel. There's no such thing as a, as a social barrier when it comes to the gospel. That's how powerful it is. And that is about to be shown here through Abraham, through this blessing, through this faith that we're supposed to have in a God who is who he says he is. Amen? So again, verse 9, it says, Is this blessing... Then on the circumcised or the uncircumcised. For we say, faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. And then Paul asks a question. Okay, the Lord and Abraham, there was a transaction there. Did that transaction happen? while he was circumcised or while he was uncircumcised because according to you guys, the Jews, the transaction could not have happened if he was uncircumcised. If we're living by the letter of the law. And he says this, while he was circumcised or uncircumcised? And then answers this question, not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. Now there's a reason for that. There's a reason why it was credited to Abraham as righteousness in that moment without the covenant of the circumcision. Because Gentiles, non-believers, people who didn't know Christ, didn't know God, they were uncircumcised because they were non-Jews. So what Paul is saying is that the Lord took this individual and showed us that he wanted to have a relationship. There was a transaction that happened with this man apart from the law. Apart from the rules and regulations. Apart from sitting in church on every Sunday morning. I say this a lot. I'll say it again. Just because you sit in a garage don't make you a car. Thank God. But just because you come and sit in these seats, just because I'm up here preaching doesn't make me a Christian. It's about a transaction. Two-way street. The Lord is saying and communicating to the Jewish nation, I wanted to be in Abraham's life and promise something to him regardless of what the law said. Because you can't be justified by the law. Now what that does is it opens the door for the Gentiles. The door that the Jews were trying to close through way of circumcision. It opens the door for non-believers to have access, a communication with the Lord regardless of the law. You guys see that? The gospel is the same way. It doesn't need our help. doesn't need us to doctor it. It doesn't need us to close, open, leave it cracked, half, whatever. Just give it. 
because it is for that man or that woman in that moment. Not because of anything that you've done, but because of the Lord changing that person's heart, tapping on your shoulder and saying, it's time to save that person's life. That's real. Everybody in here is going to have to deal with death. Guess what? Everyone outside these walls is going to have to deal with death. Do we not give the gospel? Because we feel like we have to doctor it or we might not be accepted or we, 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 I, I, me. It's not about us, ladies and gentlemen. Are you with me this morning? He moves from speaking in this, uh, in a sense, about the Gentiles to turning his attention to the Jews. And he does this all through Romans. Uh, Romans. He'll speak to the Gentiles, and he'll turn his attention to the Jews. He'll speak to the non-believer, and then he'll turn his attention to the believer. And it's all in truth. In a sense, what he's about to do now is turn his attention to you and I, who know him, who have access to him, who have this gift of the gospel, something that we are supposed to give at a moment's notice, like all the time, as much as we possibly can. But I'll continue reading here. It says, And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal, <clears throat> excuse me, of the righteousness of faith which he had while uncircumcised. That right there, and he received the sign of circumcision. If you read on in chapter 17 of Genesis, well, let me back up. Genesis 15 was the interaction between the Lord and Abraham while being uncircumcised. Some 14 years later, in Genesis 17, he receives the sign of circumcision. So he goes to the other side of the spectrum. All of a sudden, he's uncircumcised, okay? Now he is circumcised. Why? There's a there's purpose to all of it. On one side of the spectrum, receiving this, this uh, the, through faith, receiving a, a blessing and it being credited to him as righteousness while not being circumcised, the Lord says, let me take care of the other side of the spectrum. Again, the gospel's for every man, every woman, every moment. And he says this, halfway through verse 11, so that he might be the father of all who believe without being circumcised that righteousness may be credited to them and, verse 12, and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision. Okay, now he's speaking to the Jews. And what is he talking about when it comes to this father business? Because when I pray, you know, our father who art in heaven, does that mean we're praying to Abraham? No. We never pray to Abraham. We only pray to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father. All right? So it's not that type of father that there's, uh, Paul is speaking of. But just as a parent is an example to their child, Abraham is an example to us on the type of faith that we're supposed to have. A faith that in the moment may look a faith in the moment in a God who makes a promise that may look diametrically opposed to our current situation. Are you, are you trucking with me? He's the father of our faith. But he's not, a father, he's not the father of 
all of what we believe, Jesus Christ himself. So I just want to make sure that we understand that. So that he might be the father of all who believe without being circumcised, all the Gentiles. He can show them that, look, this is the faith that I need you to have, those who don't believe, or excuse me, those who are uncircumcised. And then goes to the other side of the spectrum and says, and the father of those who are, but those who not only are, but who also, and this is speaking directly to you and I, in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had while circumcised. Now the Jewish nation also believed that this issue of circumcision was a sign of them being an heir of Abraham. A descendant, one of those stars in the sky, right? And because of that, we're talking about this blessing. You guys heard me kind of say, hey, remember that. Receiving the same blessing that Abraham received because they're an heir. Well, I'm an heir because I'm circumcised so that the blessing that Abraham got, I'm just going to kind of ride off the coattails of that. I'm a part of the family. Does that make sense? There's a point in my life, and I made this comment maybe last week, maybe the week before, I don't know. I had to let my faith be my faith. And my parents' faith could not be my faith anymore. My dad's word could not be the word. The word of God had to be the word. My best friend or grandma and grandpa, or it doesn't matter, that, that person in your life who speaks and influences, their voice cannot be bigger than Jesus. Their voice cannot be bigger than the word of God. These, this Jewish nation was saying, Abraham's faith will become my faith. <laughs> Sorry, this is not the way it works. You have to have your own. And you have to have your own faith in something that is real. And what is that something? That something is not a thing, it's a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And that person did something that no other religion can claim. Died for you. Spilled an enormous amount of blood, flesh all over the place, so that you and I can simply have access and not have to pay the penalty for the sin that we're probably going to commit when we leave this place. Man, that's a slap in the face. Oh. That's real though, ladies and gentlemen. He's wanting your faith to be your own. Abraham's faith cannot be all of the Jews' faith. Are you trucking with me this morning? But the reason for that, that this is being said, is that it's, it's one thing to revel in the fact that you're a part of the family. But when it says, also, uh, but who also follow in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, we're more so called to be an example of not Abraham's family, but Abraham's faith. Are you with me this morning? That moment, ladies and gentlemen, where you don't have anything left in you to give. And you don't think God's going to come through. And he speaks something to you. And it's clear as day. At that moment, he's saying, the, faith, the type of faith that I need you to have, it's very simple. 
I just need you to believe. Because I am who I said I am. I am the I am. That promise right there is enough for me. If he is the I am, I'm good. My emotions might go all over the place sometimes and I got to bring them back down. Yeah, you do have to bring them back down. How do you bring them back down? You stick your face in the word and you repeat the promise. You keep looking at the promise. You look at the right things to think about. Amen. I mean, are you guys with me this morning? Yeah? Oh, man. Can you see how the gospel is being presented through Abraham in his circumstance? And the fact that he was where he was in a physical sense, physical state, but the Lord still communicated with him. There was a blessing that he wanted to pour out to this man apart from having his ducks in a row. I've said this before. My ducks aren't in a row. They're all in the same pond, I think, but they're not in a row. If I was waiting for that to happen before I was going to receive the blessing, then I never would. Verse 9. Is this blessing then on the circumcised or the uncircumcised? It doesn't matter. But let me say this to you this morning. There's a blessing that the Lord wants to impart to you. He does. And it comes by way, ladies and gentlemen, of simply believing He's going to do it. And you know what? We might have a problem this morning with believing. That is okay. Sometimes we get ashamed of the fact, well, I'm having a hard time believing, so I'm just going to kind of be quiet about it. Don't. Stop that. The Lord cannot do anything with what you want to keep hidden. You just got to be real. If you're having a hard time believing, maybe the blessing for you is then to get up here and get prayed for just to believe. For something to be imparted to you, something to be said to you, prophetically spoken over your life so that there is a promise. Has anybody ever in here had somebody speak over your life? Yeah. There's some things that have been said to me that I hang on to. <laughs> Lord said he will make a way. Man, I just, I'm never going to let that one go. I think the Lord wants to speak some stuff to us today. Some promises for you to set your feet on that you will never have to move from. I look across the room, there's, there's smiles, there's tears, there's happy faces, there's sad faces. The Lord wants it all. He's not saying you have to get to a place where you feel comfortable to receive this thing. You can receive it right now. In the midst of where you're at, <laughs> uncircumcised or circumcised, it doesn't matter. Don't let the law or how you feel or where you're at hem you in from receiving this today. Because he wants to give it. I do believe that Abraham at some point had to receive what the Lord said. If you read more about his story, what did he do? He tried to fix the situation himself. And that's where you get Ishmael. Yeah. 
nation fighting against the, uh, the Israelites. Still today, there's still conflict there. How's that for trying to fix it? <laughs> Some point he had to receive the blessing. But the Lord wanted to give the blessing regardless of where he was at. God will get you. Okay? <laughs> he will get you. And he will be a gentleman about it. I want you to know that that's not a scary thing. It can sound scary because it's like, oh my goodness, I have no control anymore. Yes, you won't. <laughs> it's probably better if we try to get to that understanding in that place quicker. We don't have control. But the control he gives us is to choose him. Free will. Choose to receive the blessing today. Choose to believe today. Choose to have faith like Abraham in the midst of something that looked like it was never going to happen, happened. Broken record because he said he is who he said he is. The God of all. All of it. God of this red carpet. God of the plaid shirts in the room. Just trying to make you guys laugh because I feel like we got a little bit serious there. Everyone's, you know, <laughs> got to breathe, all right? But I want this for you guys. I hope you want it for you. I want it for myself. There's things in my life that I just need to have more faith in. But it's not an issue of efforting yourself into faith. Don't hear me say that. This isn't name it, claim it. It's letting Alex go and believing the Word of God. It's that simple. That simple. Amen? Amen. Let me just read verses 13, 14, and 15 because I have those up. And this speaks to the heir, Abraham's heir. Let me just read this. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there is no violation. At verse 13, for the promise to Abraham or to his descendants, again, the whole being a part of Abraham's family, that he would be heir of the world was not through circumcision. It was through faith. It was not through the law. It was through believing. It was not through striving to be a good Christian, to come to church, to read at whatever moment in the day is best for you, early in the morning, late at night. All these Christian things. No. It's through a relationship with an individual who loves you more than you could ever imagine and wants to be a part of your life even when you shut the door on him. He's trying to open up the door. He's not going to yank it open because he's a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do anything. But when you do as Abraham did and you just believe, my goodness, the floodgates fly open. That's it. Anybody in here want the floodgates to fly open? 
<laughs> Come on, Jesus. So let me get the, uh, the worship team back up here. Let's get prepared for our offering as we start to close. Um, but like I said at the beginning of service, I don't know what the Lord wants to do with us at the end, but I know He wants to do something. And I know it has to do with receiving this blessing is ready to be given. An impartation, a promise is ready to be spoken to you. Are you ready to receive it? Uh, you guys can go ahead and come up here. We'll pray for this. Father, thank you so much for just your word, Lord, and how the gospel is in everything. And God, we can't get away from it, so why should we try? Lord, we want to live in parallel with your word, in parallel with you, in complete submission to you. Not only do we want you to walk next to us, Lord, we, we, we want your feet to be our feet. We want to become you, Father. And that's, that's possible, Lord, by your word and by your spirit that you inhabit us. You make your home in us, Lord. Therefore, that which is in us needs to come out. Thank you for that, Father. Lord, we thank you for the, the offering. Pray that you show us how to give joyfully. And that, Lord, it's all your resources anyway. It all belongs to you. And as we are submitted to you, we, we release what you've put in our care back to you. And we thank you that your word says when we do that, you bless us. Father, bring the blessing. <laughs> we love you. We thank you. Bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and pass that. here's reference an individual from across the pond the pond meaning the ocean okay pretty big one uh, Bill Knox who's been with us for a, for a while um, don't be thrown off by the accent it's authentic alright but he walks in the prophetic and I believe that he has something for us this morning so let's let's definitely just listen and, and this is not Bill speaking Bill's a mouthpiece so just go ahead and whatever the Lord's put on you, brother. Since this is what the Lord just said to us this morning. I'm asking for it all. I'm asking for your whole heart. If you believe that Jesus' words, it is finished, bought your freedom, then I am asking for it all. 
Do you believe there's nothing that I cannot accomplish? Do you believe you will see my goodness in this land? Am I able to do more than you can think or imagine? I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing. I knew you before the world was created and continue to have thoughts towards you for your well-being. Do you not know it is because of my pleasure and will to call you sons and daughters? I love you with an everlasting love. I cherish you like a mother cradles her newborn. There is always opportunity for you to explore the breadth, width, depth, and height of the love that I have for you. I'm asking for it all. I'm asking for your whole heart. If, if that resonates with you and you're ready to give now let me, see, let me use this we're ever rarely ready are you willing to give your whole heart right now your whole heart as we close let's, let's, let's stand to our feet we're going to sing this what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up this altar and if you are willing to give your whole heart and receive the blessing, there's something you want to receive today. The transaction, the exchange. If you're ready for that, then I just want to pray for you. Pray that in. To go across that line with no thought of ever going back. As if going back is comfortable. No, see, well, you'll die if you go back. And I'm not talking about spiritual death. Let's make this very real this morning. If we go back, we will literally die. Can't go back there. If you're ready to step forward, if you're ready to receive, if you're ready to give your whole heart as we sing, just come up to the front. No one's going to make a scene. I'll just put my hand on you and we'll pray. Pray that in and you'll walk out of here a different individual. I'll tell you what. I hope everybody comes up. Father, what has been spoken has come from you. And there's no amount of preaching, no amount of motivational speaking, no amount of uh, eloquent speech that can change a man's heart. It is only you that can do that. So if there's somebody in here today, Lord, who has been changed by you, you're putting it on their heart that, man, I need to get up to that altar. Lord, I pray that it happens, that the release, you would release that individual to do that. But Lord, maybe there's somebody in here who doesn't know the true depth of the gospel, what the gospel is. That a man saw a deficiency called sin that created a gap between him and his children. That name, that man is Jesus Christ. And what he did is he came and he put skin on. He walked among us. And he showed us what it meant to be a follower of Christ. 
And through his blood sacrifice, through him dying on the cross, he closed the gap. And we are no longer held accountable for the penalty of sin. There's consequences to sin. But the penalty of sin is death. He paid for it. And there's nothing that he's asking you to do in that process. He just said, look, I want to take this from being head knowledge and turn it into heart knowledge. Which then translates to our feet. We go and we do and we live. But maybe there's somebody in here who's never given their life to Christ. Wants to give their life to Christ for the first time. Wants to let the gospel change them. Wants to let that, that gap of sin be closed. It's very simple. All you have to do is confess with your mouth. And believe in your heart that He is God. Ask him to come into your heart as your Lord and personal Savior. If there's anybody in the room who wants to do that right now for the first time, all I'm going to ask you to do is just raise your hand. If you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, where your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life and you get to see him one day, if that's you, just raise your hand and we'll pray with you. Come on, Father. Let's sing this. And I'm going to open up this altar. If that's you, if you want to get prayed for, just come to the front.
I'm going to do this one more time because this is I love I love what's going on here. We're going to we're going to pray for this entire group. We're going to get you, all right? What I don't want to miss is uh, been communicated. Let me just throw this out there one more time. If there's anybody in here who wants to receive Christ and hasn't done it, I want to give the invitation again. I do. To understand that you then transfer your trust from yourself to Him. You don't have to do this anymore on your own. You don't. But now you can say, I know where I'm going when I die. I know who I'm going to stand in front of when my life is done with. So I'm going to give it again. Father, if there's anybody in here who wants to receive you for the first time, I come against the enemy in Jesus' name. That he will not thwart the plans of the Father. But if there's anybody in here who just needs to push through and hasn't done that yet and, and, and wants to receive you, Lord, just let, let that hand go up. Let that hand go up. And we'll just pray for you. We'll just pray for you. you guys' time in the, in the pews. Uh, I'm going to close the service, but I'm going to pray for all these. We're going to pray for all these people up here. I'm going to have Jared keep, uh, keep playing. Uh, but Father, thank you for what's being spoken this morning. Thank you for the response. Lord, we want more of you. I pray that as we go from this place, we are that changed individual. And it's not just something that happened in some, some red pews and in some weird church, Father, but it's a, a lifelong, lasting change that uh, is, is manifested by our actions. It's manifested by our, our words. And we can see it and feel it. And, and we act different. We live different. We approach things different. Because there's been a change. Father, thank you for that. We love you. We need you. We cannot do this thing on our own. Thank you for being in this place. Be with us as we go from here. In Jesus' name, everybody said.